Given that Socrates was assassinated by poison, you might think twice before accepting his invitation to breakfast. Yet what got him killed is exactly what would make him an excellent breakfast companion, his curiosity. He was silenced for asking too many questions, getting up too many people's noses. His mind was probing, dissatisfied, inventive, and it led him to bring everything, from the purpose of the law to the origin of sex, into doubt. No wonder his most famous pupil, Plato, characterized him as an irritating insect. Were you actually to sit down with him for cappuccino and croissant, he might start by asking why you lead the life you lead, or what value you have as a person. It's a style that might cause you, like the state that had him murdered, to take offense. But, on the other hand, were you to give him the benefit of the doubt, you'd be taken on an extraordinary mental journey. He might explain why genius and madness are so closely linked, or how the universe is made up of the soul. On a more personal level, he might set out the reasons why being good is more important than being happy. Famously, Socrates declared, the unexamined life is not worth living, and, preferring dialogue to giving speeches, he'd get you to reflect on yourself and your actions in a way that would either lend them greater meaning or inspire you to make changes and so create the meaning that your life lacked. Pretty much the same would apply if you were to have a bagel with Hegel or eggs with bacon. Although there have been excruciating debates in philosophy about how many angels can stand on a pinhead and the difference between being and being, its spirit is not to make up conundrums for boffins but to help us pursue wisdom. After all, the word philosophy means the love of wisdom, and being wise is not the same as being clever. Where cleverness satisfies itself with winning arguments in the abstract, wisdom is a practical art, aimed at making deft judgments in the midst of everyday complications. In this sense, philosophy is about recognizing the ambiguity of life as it is lived, and Socrates would be just as interested in how much to tip the waiter for serving you the toast and muffins as in whether God exists. This book tries to follow suit. It shows how history's greatest ideas, not just from philosophy, in fact, but psychology, sociology, and politics, relate to how you live your life and how you can be more thoughtful about it. True, there are plenty of in-depth works on this subject, on how to act ethically, what kind of political party you should vote for, and so on. The difference is that, apart from being written in technical language, they tend to keep the big ideas aloft, rather than grounding them in everyday experience, which is the purpose of this book. The following pages, therefore, conjure up various geniuses who will accompany you while you go about your business. You're at the gym, and the social historian Michel Foucault runs beside you to explain how your exercise routine is a form of state control. Jacques Lacan, a psychoanalyst, becomes your personal shopper, and, as you gaze into the fitting-room mirror, lets you in on the perils of narcissism.